Hi, I'm Gavin Giovanoni, Professor of Neurology at uh, Barts and London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And I'm doing this MSLV newsletter on trying to explain to you the complexities behind the eligibility criteria for being prescribed a, a disease-modifying therapy. This is a series of newsletter um, designed around a, ser a set of questions that you really need to be able to ask and understand before you decide on a particular therapeutic strategy or specific therapy to treat uh, multiple sclerosis. One of the things that confuses people the most is whether or not they're eligible for various uh, uh, treatments. And this is really based on how the drug was licensed by the regulators. In the UK, for example, the MHRA uh, or the European Medicine Agency, or in the United States, for example, the uh, FDA or the Food and Drug Administration. Every country has its own regulator. Now, to be fair to the regulators, they can only license a treatment based on the trial results they are given. Uh, and that has often very strict eligibility criteria, defining a population of uh, people with multiple sclerosis that were enrolled in the clinical trials. This means the trial design is critical in the type of la label uh, a particular therapy gets. Now, just to give you an example of the people with multiple sclerosis that has been disenfranchised by this, if you have more advanced MS, for example, and you need a wheelchair, and that means your EDSS 7 or above, you've generally been excluded from clinical trials. In other words, none of the big pharmaceutical companies have done disease-modifying disease therapy trials in people that are wheelchair users. I think this is a tragedy because why should we give up on people who are wheelchair users simply because they're EDSA 7? Now, clearly, they've got upper limb, hand, and arm function, and even bulbar, which is speech and swallowing, which are important functions to preserve. And so that's just one of the quirks of the eligibility criteria for treatment. It goes one step further, uh, in the UK at least, under the NHS, if you do reach a wheelchair, we have to stop your therapy. It's part of the stopping criteria. So these clinical trials are really important in defining not only uh, treatment uh, eligibility criteria, but also stopping criteria. Now, there are three levels, or well, four levels of activities. First of all, people who have inactive MS, in other words, they haven't had any evidence of a relapse or new or enhancing, these are gadolinium-enhancing lesions, which suggest the lesions are active, actively inflamed. In the last two to three years, they would be considered to have inactive MS and wouldn't be eligible for any therapy. Then there are three tiers of activity. Um, one is called active, the other one's called highly active, and the one's called rapidly evolving severe. And depending on your level of activity, different disease-modifying therapies can be used in different populations. So you can understand why people with multiple sclerosis often get very confused about the classification systems uh, we use. So in this newsletter, I try and go through some of the issues around eligibility criteria and try and explain it as best I can. But unfortunately, I think most of you will probably be left uh, a little bit confused at the end. Um, the good news is that there is an initiative uh, at the moment in the UK, at least, uh, between uh, NICE and the Association of British Neurologists to try and clean up and improve the definitions 
uh, in relation to what is active, inactive, uh, and the MRI criteria we use for that. So give it a read. Um, if you've got any questions, please do not hesitate to ask uh, at the end of the uh, newsletter uh, the questions you have. Thank you, and I appreciate you listening to this uh, newsletter.